0: Welcome to the So You Want to Build a House podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and I'm here with my co-host, Keith. Hey, hey. And today we are taking one of the largest risks in podcast history. We're going to make predictions, and you, Ooh. right? And you think, why is that a risk? Well, here's the thing, the internet's forever, right? hmm And so if you say something that isn't true and it's in your podcast, then everyone can listen. Your error becomes permanently enshrined on the web. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to make some predictions. So right now we're recording this. It's really the end of 2023. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to get a crystal ball out. Yep. Yeah. And shake it. Shake it, and now that's the eight ball thing. Oh. can you can only ask that one certain. Oh questions. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you look, <laughs> and it's like unclear. Shake again. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. no. So the
1: crystal ball, you just you kind of just stroke the top of it, and all the clouds I inside think. of it, isn't that dissipate? how that
0: There was like a cartoon. I've never actually s- seen a real crystal ball.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it just reminds me of like Aladdin or something.
0: Right. I think that was a lamp.
1: Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That's what it is.
0: So listen, we don't have a crystal ball or a lamp or even one of those magic eight balls um, that that we we played with as kids. But mm-hmm. what we're going to do is we're going to make some predictions about what the housing market is going to do in 2024. Uh, and so you'll be able to look back on this podcast and go, wow, these guys nailed it. Or what a couple of dunces.
1: Yep. Yep. It's going to be
0: one or the other. It's going to be one or the other because, you know. Predictions don't typically age well, but we have the self-confidence that we're going to put this on the pod. We're going to drop it in early 2024, and we're just going to leave it there. Let's see. Let's see. Um, so the basic premise that we're going to talk about is, is the idea of supply and demand. Keith, did you take economics in high school? Was that a requirement for you?
1: In high school, no. In college, yes. Okay. Yeah. So
0: can you give us a brief about supply and demand, how that works?
1: Yeah, supply and demand is 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 basically, you know, kind of a, a pulley. You know, you have supply, and as supply goes up, demand goes down, and as demand
0: goes up, supply goes down. It's sort of a right. And so they're kind of tied to each other. Yeah. Uh, and they drive economic because you have what is it? Is it scarcity and abundance? Is that are those the economic terms?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. I mean, know. Th- those are English words that mean what what they should mean for <laughs> to relate right. to that yeah yeah i mean if you have a lot of a thing and you have too much of that thing then the the demand for it goes down
0: right and the cost goes down because mm-hmm. there's enough for demand but if there's more people that want your thing than you have of your thing
1: mm-hmm. we saw that uh i mean good example of that was in in the COVID era where stuff was you know not You know, they weren't producing as much of of things, and demand was super high because people are at home, and they wanted to purchase stuff.
0: Like paper towels. Yep.
1: Remember that? Yep, yep. So, I mean, you got if you got paper towels on eBay, you know you're (laughs) in a pretty interesting market. That's
0: very true. I think I still have paper towels on Autoship. I have, like, a supply now. Yeah. I'm, like, scarred from COVID. You know, like, my... My uh, grandparents, who lived through the Great Depression, you know, every time like I'd go to my grandmother's house and I wouldn't like finish my peas. Yeah, she'd be like, you know, I remember when there no <laughs> one had peas. I remember the d- Eat your peas, yep. you little turd. <laughs> and that was it, man. I had to eat the peas. Well, now I'm like scarred by that. I'm like, if I don't have four cases of paper, t- if I don't have a year's supply of paper towels in my basement right now, I'm like, I could run out. Right. <laughs> well, you remember what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. It was wild, right? It was wild, and I mean there's a lot of spills in my house. I need to be prepared years in advance. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, okay. So we're gonna talk about so, so supply and demand are just sort of a thing. And so I look at this, and I have zero background in economics. uh, But you know, basically, hey, one plus one still equals two. So the market is very predictable. I actually did see a video on TikTok. Where someone said that if you say one plus one equals two, that's racist. That's, um,
1: I mean, that sounds like, you know, that sounds like the year we're in.
0: Yeah, I'd say. Which I'm not going to unpack that. And all I'm saying is that math has right and wrong answers, and you know, that it might be racist. But if if the right answer is racist, then I would like people that design like bridges and planes to be racists.
1: Yeah, because you know you want them. To <laughs> <laughs> you want them to, to, to be well-versed in, you, you in mass. You want them to be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: If I'm driving over a bridge, yeah. I want the engineer that designed it to yeah. say the bridge isn't going to fall over, and I want that person to be correct yeah. in that assumption Yeah. and those calculations. So uh, we're going to aim to be correct. We're going to aim to be correct. Uh, so listen, if you don't have time to listen to the rest of this podcast, I'm going to make it easy for you. Um, affordability is going to remain terrible Mm -hmm. houses are expensive right now there's not a lot for sale and if you think that's going to change you know because when you came into 2023 everybody was talking about hey is real estate going to crash is real estate going to crash is 2008 happening over and over again and we're going to unpack a little of that later Um, but the short answer is nope it's a completely different thing right and it comes back to keith's principle of supply and demand and it works like this there are certain number of houses in the united states Right, and so it doesn't matter if this is like a rental apartment, that counts as a house. A Anything mansion, that can be resided in. Something that can be resided in. What has happened in the United States since 2007 is that there have not been enough houses built to accommodate population growth, household formation, and aging inventory, right? So what that means is that every year a certain number of people move to this country and they w- have to live somewhere. Yep. A certain households are form- formulated like so. You have that wonderful event when your children are old enough to move out of your house and into a place th- of their own. That form the household, and there has to be a new housing unit. They used to live in your basement. You couldn't wait for them to leave. Now they're gone. Yep. And they got to live somewhere. And so you get household formation, and then you just have the fact that some houses just get so old that they can't really be a part of the U.S. housing stock anymore. Mm-hmm. They have just reached the end of their life and so they need to be knocked down or they end up becoming abandoned and listen this doesn't really always apply nationwide because not everybody wants to live anywhere meaning if you go looking for a house people say well where do you want to live the united states most people are a little pickier than that (laughs) Uh, yeah they're just you know because there's a difference between florida and minnesota yeah yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between you know detroit and austin texas and detroit's population peaked in 1950 And Austin's is still growing, and Detroit's is not. And we're not going to unpack that, but we are going to say that you can get a house for cheap in Detroit and probably not in Austin, Texas. And that's supply and demand. Mm -hmm. right? So you have to understand that by anybody who keeps stats, and this could be like the National Association of Home Builders, the National Association of Realtors, Fannie and Freddie that do mortgage financing, housing and urban design, HUD by the the federal government, state agencies. There's a lot of people that track housing and every one of them will say that we are millions of houses short in the United States for what we need to have.
1: How yeah. many millions is it estimated? I
0: mean, you can have estimates as high as like 7 to 9 million and as oh, low dang. as 3. Oh my goodness. And so, but what you're not having is anybody saying there's enough houses. Right. And yeah. w- and so, but you can also get a pretty accurate number to say that in order to keep up with the the US population all that we have to build a certain number of houses a year. And we really haven't hit that number uh, since uh, 2007. So in 2022, there were more than a million single-family homes built in the United States. And that's about – we need to be at like 1.1, 1.2 single-family, 1.1 million, 1.2 million. To keep pace. To keep pace. Mm -hmm. We we hit that number in 2022, but we hadn't hit it since 2007. And when you talk about the real estate crash – uh, of the early 2010s, uh, you're talking about that number was at like 300,000. Yeah. And so that creates a housing deficit. Now, prior to that, for a couple of years, they had built more than was n- required. So that's why you had the housing crash, right? Basically, supply and demand. All of a sudden, there was way too many houses. Yeah, flipped. It flipped. Yeah. It flipped. Mm-hmm. But for the last 15 years, they haven't built enough to keep up. So that overbuilding of the early 2000s is long gone and been replaced by a deficit. And in so many places, we see this at in the Delaware market of people are moving here. They're moving here from someplace in Maryland or Pennsylvania, New Jersey or New York by and large. And there are, how the housing there is incredibly expensive and it's incredibly limited because the, the local laws restrict building. Mm-hmm. And because they restrict the building, the houses are very expensive, Yep, and they just don't have anywhere to go. And the taxes are high. Nobody wants to stay there uh, past a certain season in their lives. And so they're getting out, and they g- want to go somewhere that's a little less affordable. That's cheaper. That's cheaper. That's why markets like, you know, you mentioned Austin, Texas earlier.
1: Right. You mentioned, you know, you talked about, like, Nashville, you know, some of these places that, that, uh, that offer lower taxes. You know, Delaware is one of those. It is. In the property taxes.
0: Absolutely. And so, but what you have is a lot of people that don't want the development in their backyard. And so they shut it down where they are and then they go somewhere else. Um, and that's just sort of the way things go. And that's okay. Um, but what you're not going to have is you there's, there's, it's very hard in the United States right now for this country to build enough houses per year to keep up with that year's demand to let alone to catch up. So this supply problem isn't going away anytime soon. Right. So what does
1: that mean for 2024 exactly? I mean, it seems like interest rates, they're coming down a little bit. Right. We're seeing
0: a little bit. So uh, interest rates are interest. So at the end of 2023, mortgage rates on houses started to drop pretty quickly. Uh, And this is after an incredible run-up from 2021 to basically the fall of 2023. You had mortgage rates go from the low threes to about 8% Yeah, in about two years. Um, And what that does is it takes a lot of people out of the home-buying market. Mm -hmm. Um, And now most housing that was sold previously to, say, now was existing, was used houses. And so... Generally speaking, people that are buying used houses are also selling used houses. Well, now there's a huge chunk of the m- American population that has this really low mortgage rate. And yep. if they go and they sell the house that has their say three point five percent mortgage rate, they have to go buy something at eight. They can't even afford their house anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not gonna I- what you wanna do is you wanna move up. Like you your f- kids get bigger, you're making a little bit more money, whatever, you wanna move up into a house. You can't afford to move up because now you gotta go out and get an eight percent mortgage rate. Yeah. So as that rate slowly floats down, which it should in 2004. So first prediction is mortgage rates are going to decline. The end of this year, they're just they're a little under 7. We think they're going to continue to drop into the 6s and ultimately land somewhere into the 5s. And as you do that, um, houses become affordable. So a person that could afford a house, uh, you know, say it was a $500,000 house, they can't afford it at 8%. They might be able to afford it at 6 or 5.5. So that adds buyers to the market, but I'm not sure that adds sellers to the market. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I, if I got a th- if I have a three and a half percent rate, I don't know that five and a half percent rates make me move up in my house or allow me to do that. If I don't want my mortgage payment to get that much bigger, I might have a ton of equity, but it's it's locked up because I'm g- my. It's too expensive to move. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Mortgage rates are going to probably drift down, but. Here's the bad news. Because of the inventory problem, um, I think prices are going to drift up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this is one of the things that has defied a lot of predictions in 2023. So if you look at the end of 2022, everybody said, well, the housing prices have to decline. And the reality is is they're up it for in 2023 over 2022. Mm-hmm. And they're up because there's nothing for sale. Yeah. And so when the inventory is this low that you get stuck in that loop of there's nothing for sale. And so that drives the price up of what is for sale because yeah. there's, there are a certain number of people that have to buy.
1: There's no competition for, you know, you don't have, you know, so many houses on the market where people are trying to undercut one another. And right. and that's what kind of creates, that's what creates a, uh, you know, that's what creates some opportunity for people to move up in house. Right.
0: But and just, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And to give you a perspective on that, so we have a lot of historical data on the Sussex County Delaware MLS. So if you go to 2010, and 2010 was not a good real estate market. Uh, the real crash in real estate started in 20 2007, continued in 2008 with this huge recession in 09. Just a lot of pain in this country. Um, but if you track inventory uh, and the sales pace, which is the months of inventory. So if you take the, the number of houses that are available in a certain month and you divide that by the sales pace of how many houses sold that month, mm-hmm. it gives you a months of inventory figure. Mm-hmm. Now, to give you a perspective that if you look at this data nationally, the general consensus among people that track this stuff is that six months is a balanced market. So if there a— Six en- months of, of, supply, inventory in
1: right. of
0: inventory to sell. So at the current sales rate, there's six months of inventory. You're looking at a market that is balanced between buyer and seller. Mm -hmm. So in December of 2010, knowing that six months is considered a balanced rate, in Sussex County, Delaware, there was 25.8 months of inventory. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. (laughs) So the conclusion to do in that market is that is an incredible buyer's market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are literally so many houses for sale and so few buyers. And so if you're in that market and you can buy in 2010, there were deals. Yeah. Good deals. Um, Now, it's so in 2023 so far, and there's still a couple of days left of 2023, so this data is not 100% accurate, but it's close enough. There's 3.4 months of inventory.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's still a seller's market.
0: So here it's a strong seller's market. Mm -hmm. So the theory is anything under six is going to be a seller's market. Anything under, um, anything over six is going to be a buyer's market. But you know it's it gets it. It's really hard to get that number to zero. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in Sussex County, um, and I have been working in the real estate industry in Sussex County since 2002. This is some of the lowest inventory numbers that we've ever seen, and Mm -hmm. that that a balanced market, a normal market around here probably has nine or ten months of inventory. Sussex County floats a little higher because there's a lot of discretionary purchases that happen here that don't happen in other markets. Right, sure, yeah. Second homes, people Uh, that are kind of flexible about buying a retirement home. Boats,
1: you know, whatever, vacations.
0: Right, so usually uh, back in like 2019 and all that before COVID, they were, it was right down around nine or 10 months and that was pretty normal. So it's a 3.4. Um, and that just tells you it's, it's a very strong seller's market and like buyers don't want to hear that. So what's going to happen is I think there are buyers that can afford it and they're probably saying, look, I don't want to buy until mortgage rates go down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my prediction is as mortgage rates go down, house prices are going to rise. Yep. And so that a house that would cost, I don't know, say if the payment, the mortgage payment on a house is $3,000 a month right now in December of 2023. I would guess in December of 2024, you're still looking at that $3,000 payment. The difference is going to be is that you're paying a lower interest rate and a higher price. Right. And so what you do, unfortunately, if, if you're not in that market, is that appreciation, that price rise, is you're, you're paying for that. You're not taking part of it. That right. It's a cost to you. Uh, and you're not building um equity, and so there's these people, and they're waiting for the real estate market to crash and According to my predictions, that's not happening, yeah, and yeah, it really just comes down to you know college economics or high school economics that says uh that there's just not enough supply, and I don't see the supply changing
1: yeah what would what would need to happen in order for supply to dramatically increase over the next year?
0: I don't I mean you you have to build it. Right. Right?
1: It's got to be new construction.
0: Because there's there's so th- it's not th- it's not so much that people don't have their house for sale in the market. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of the problem, but the other part of the problem is there's just more people looking for housing, period. And mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's apartments, like try to rent an apartment in Sussex County, Delaware. Yeah. It's very expensive and it's hard to get. Mm-hmm. Try yeah. to um, find a house and it's it's shocking what you have to pay. Uh, there are still bidding wars happening, and and people take these transactions very seriously, and you know new construction just continues to get more and more expensive. Uh, it's it's more regulated uh, through just a number of different state yeah. and county yeah. and federal, and that adds cost. And people want these houses to be built more energy efficient, which is great, but they just add costs, and ultimately every cost that's in the price of of a new home is generally passed on to the buyer. Yep. So n- new construction is not um not inexpensive yeah. anymore to do it's so like the floor like f- what is required to build
1: a brand new house now the floor has never been higher right. like in terms of cost because the the regulations have, have become such that the baseline for a house is just right you know efficient uh, an efficient home it's got to have certain things so right and it gets regulated you know, like crazy. Right. And
0: and even just the cost to create a subdivision to put a house in mm-hmm. and the time that that has taken. Yeah, because there's land. There's land in Sussex County, but it takes time to do that. And then yeah. you factor in those higher interest rates. Uh, they get passed on in that world as well. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of inflation on building materials and supplies over the last couple of years uh, that really wasn't uh, seen as that common for the previous 10 years. So new construction is not going to make is not going to be an affordable product and so the the folks at the low end are just in for a tough road because you know there was a time in sussex county where 150 to 300 thousand dollars there were some good options and right now there aren't and that's that's not going to change yeah Uh, it's it's not it's not going away um and so i don't see how in sussex county this inventory problem um, fixes itself. You know, the only other solution would be is that the builders uh, overbuild. Um, but, I mean, that's just, that's hard to do in this regulatory environment. Yeah,
1: and they have to overbuild cheaply.
0: <laughs> yeah, they have to overbuild cheaply. Yeah. They have to overbuild by thousands yeah. of units. I mean, literally, obviously, based on the numbers, this market would absorb... I don't know another 2,000 units being for sale today. Mm-hmm. If they were just available, um, they, that would be that would help balance out the market. So, the market prediction for this is that you know real estate is going to continue to be a good investment uh, in on the residential side because it is so supply limited, and so that's not going to change. And if folks are looking for a price break. Um, I don't think – I don't see that in 2024. I mean, barring some, you know, force majeure, act of God, some kind of crazy thing, a war that starts. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, housing is just such a fundamental thing for folks, and there's not enough of it. So w- w- I don't know what the solution is, except to say that owning a home is going to be a good investment, and but it's going to be an investment that, that requires a lot of capital. Yeah. To do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So – Yep. So that's really our our, our big prediction for twenty twenty four. Do you do you have anything else? I mean, we could really, we could really embarrass ourselves if we got off topic here a little bit with predictions.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. we could predict like ten years out. No, I'm just <laughs> I th- I, you know,
0: so what you don't know about Keith is he's a big football guy who's who's going to win the Super Bowl. Oh the man, twenty, the twenty twenty four Super Bowl. I don't even know what number it is. Yeah, fifty something.
1: Yeah, I think I would take. I'm gonna take the Ravens over the Lions.
0: Ravens over the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: So it's tough for me not to pick the Rams though. They just seem like they've got they're they're starting to, the Rams. to find it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Stafford's playing really well. Stafford is killing it. Okay, who wins the NBA? I mean, we mm. can do this. Keith's very into sports, I'm not.
1: Yeah, the the NBA is tough. It's early. I, it's, it's gonna early be early right It's gonna now. be it's gonna be Denver, and they're gonna play. And almost a, uh, maybe the Celtics. But, okay. but you don't even have to say who they
0: beat. You just have to say who wins.
1: Denver wins. Yeah. Denver wins. Yeah.
0: All right. Can you make a hockey prediction? No. Okay. it Doesn't follow hockey. Yeah.
1: fortunately I've I you know my my hockey uh, knowledge is limited. Very limited. Okay. Can you can you make a hockey no, prediction?
0: No. Not really.
1: What uh, follow hockey? Can you make a baseball prediction? I can't. I, yeah, I know neither.
0: less about I don't know hockey or baseball. I I mean I don't know. I'm a, what, what's called a casual sports fan, which means, you know, I I can win fantasy leagues if I pick on like team colors and stuff, not on actual. <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I like football, but, but that's the only sport. Um, that I really follow, so I will predict that in January of 2024 we have significant snowfall in Sussex County, Alright, in Delaware. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. My I kids would like that, right? I will predict that my granddaughter likes to fish because she has told me she will start to go fishing when she's five, and there she you turns go. five um, in July of 2024. Uh, and that's really all I have. I can't think of um I'm not gonna get into politics about who's gonna win the election because
1: Yeah, that's crazy to think about. That's coming up.
0: That's very it's coming up and mm-hmm. it's just sort of depressing. Yeah. Um because unfortunately someone is going to win it and I'm not sure America's going to love uh the winner either way. Even yeah. The ones that vote for that winner might not love that. But it's a binary choice. I mean you walk in there, you got a or B, so it's what it is. I mean, right.
1: and, and and I mean, I think, uh, yeah, it's it's just such a sensitive topic, anyway. Right. Nobody wants to talk about right. it. Right. So there <laughs> it is. We have
0: completely beclowned ourselves at the end of this podcast. If you listened, or we are geniuses.
1: Yeah, and you're and you're just you're hanging on every word a for the y- next podcast or because or you sh- should be. Yeah. If so you're not, knowledge. I
0: mean, did you see what we just nailed? <laughs> we just nailed a bunch of stuff. So if you're listening to this, you know, in 2026 and you realize, wow, these guys had 2024 in a lockdown.
1: Interest rates are 5 percent. Denver won the NBA finals
0: and the Ravens won. Right. So if that happens, then um, you should probably check us out. So <laughs> uh, listen, this is the So You Want to Build a House podcast. I'm Scott Daly. I'm Keith Strom. Have a great day.